0: Hello, welcome to the Voices Heard Lives Empowered podcast, brought to you by Power. This episode is part of our Suicide Awareness Series, supported by Hertfordshire and West Essex ICS Community Fund. Today we speak to Rocco Hawkins, the founder of Bridges of Hope. We talk about the Bridges of Hope campaign, why he started it and the impact it has made. This episode discusses issues that some listeners may find distressful. If you are affected by anything you hear and would like support, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or by visiting www.samaritans.org. You can support the Voices Heard Lives Empowered podcast by liking and subscribing. Thank you. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Hello Rocco, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for joining us today and speaking about your experience. I'm really looking forward to knowing more about why you started Bridges of Hope and more about your campaign. Could we first just start with your experience of what motivated you to start the Bridges of Hope campaign?
1: Basically, um, it was through uh, a really... Tough experience that I had um, that led me to starting Bridges of Opop in 2019, Feb- in February 2019, I was really badly assaulted in the street from behind. They there was there was two men. They, they, they fractured my skull. Uh, I had two bleeds um, on, on my brain. I had two fractures. It had three fractures, two in my neck, one in my spine, and some lacerations in my head. I had a half or tooth ripped out, and I woke up. Uh, I woke up a couple of days later, and the police was by my side, and uh, they they pretty much told me what happened because I had no recollection. So, so so yeah, the police police told me what happened. Told me that it's on CCTV, which I was happy about. Um, and they're going, they're going to go out and look for them. They found them for, they got them four days later. So after that, uh, I was in hospital for four weeks after, after leaving hospital, I had a, um, a neck brace on, which I had to wear for four months and I was living on my own when I came out of hospital, um, in, in a flat and. I, I was struggling um, mentally, physically. I was, I was having flashbacks of the actual assault, even though I didn't see it or know what had happened until the police told me. They told me what happened and told me what the lads looked like, and I painted a picture in my face, in, in my head, kind of thing, um, of of one, of one of the lads, what the police said. So, I, and then I was getting flashbacks of the actual assault, even though i i wasn't aware of it, so it was messing with my head i kept seeing this figure of, of of that of that lad the one that he um prescribed to to me described to me and uh that was that was messing with my mental health um i was on i was on medication um from my doctor but i had, the only I, I i couldn't go out i couldn't go out walking anywhere because the temptation of looking behind me because they came from behind um and because i had the neck brace on it was hard to 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 look behind so I, i i'd stayed in i isolated myself away the only time i went out was over the across the road to the shop and that was just to buy alcohol and come back get in bed drink when that drink was done go go to go back to the shop get some more drink and that was it that was my life whilst i was there that's how
0: you managed it then is through alcohol.
1: yeah that's how i that's how i i coped with it but to be honest since i was 13 i was 13 years old when i first picked up alcohol and i became dependent very quickly i, I think it was because my mum was an ex-alcoholic um and I, I was drinking pretty much since i was since i was 13. But I was a fully functioning alcoholic when i was growing up through my teens and to my 20s because i held a job down plastering for 17 years so um but i was still drinking every day uh, after that so drinking's always been a, a an issue um up until that point so this traumatic event it
0: increased it or sort of a, it exacerbated did. it
1: exactly but yeah yeah it did So I'd never, I'd never drink spirits before. It was always lager like medium strength, but, but when I was drinking after the assault, I was adding vodka to it. So it was, it was a lot more serious and got to the point where I had abnormalities in my liver. So that was, that was a wake up call it didn't stop me at the time it was just that i got in that routine i was just drinking and and it's the only way i could deal with it i wasn't washing i wasn't eating i was i was in a right mess you're
0: neglecting yourself
1: i was neglecting myself yeah and i felt like i was just doing it on purpose I, I, i i couldn't cope with how i was feeling i couldn't cope with the migraines from from the assault and that before that I never even struggled with headaches and I was getting I was getting these these migraines is horrible um so I'd just drink and drink and the more I drank the less the the, the less pain I was going through and then I, I'd drink to the point of blackout because then I'd no no longer be thinking about anything or having no flashbacks or anything so that's that's the way it was i wouldn't I won't let anybody around my mum wanted to come and try and help bring me meals and stuff and i I was having none of it the door was the door was locked and it stayed locked um so I was like that I was like that from when I came out of hospital in um at the end of March up until september and then I completely just lost my mind. I wasn't aware of what I was doing I wasn't drunk at the time i know that because the police told me um after but in september i i went to a bridge and went over the rail of the bridge um and i was just staring down like just really emotionless the police said and they, the next day, they, they told me what happened. I didn't, I had no idea, no, no recollection of getting there. Nothing, just, just, just from what they told me when they got there, that they, they snuck up behind me. They managed to do so because I wasn't looking around or I wasn't aware of anything. And I was just literally numb and on autopilot and, um, they snuck up behind me, grabbed me, wrestled me back over luckily. Or I I, I I I don't know. Don't know whether I'd have gone or not. But the scary thing is I didn't have the choice whether to live or die that night. You were not in control of your actions. I, I wasn't in control at all of what I was doing. And obviously I'd known before about people um doing doing stuff like that and other ways of uh, harming themselves and stuff, but I never I never I never ever thought about that the, the fact that that someone can go onto a bridge and over the other side take their own life without having the choice to live or die. I, I thought to myself that they, they, they've, they've gone there, they know they're going there, they've, they've planned it out, they've gone there and done it. But that's not the fact. That, that That's not what actually happens to everyone. And, and I realised that after it happened to me. So I it scares me not even to this day that when I struggle, even to this day, I have my off days and I think to myself, oh God, what if I what if I go into that mindset again? And
0: mm.
1: it's really, really scary. Um so anyway, after, after after that, um the the next day the police took me to um the Radbourne unit, which is a mental health hospital. I just really, really don't know what to expect. And the nurses was really nice i see my psychiatric consultant the one that was dealing with me from the start in there right to the end and the first night second night i was like no i can't stay here i've got to go i literally got to go and my mum was calling me my friend was calling me said you know you've got to stay you've literally got to stay there i thought of all the times that that i've tried to get help and asked for help before and not not been able to get it so I classed it as an opportunity to actually try and sort my head out obviously at at the time my boy was really young he's six now and I wanted to I wanted to make myself a better version of a dad than 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 I can be and um not have to rely on things like alcohol and stuff like that so yeah it was whilst I was in there I felt like a bit of a test dummy um with medication mm. um just trying me on lo- lots of different ones and then i'll have a weekly uh, a weekly review where my psychiatric consultant will be in there um my the nurse that, that looks after me any of any of your relatives or anything but i never had any relatives there i didn't want them there and they'll just talk about how how the week's been how things have changed how the medication is um and it took and it took four months in there to to get on the on the actual right medication. So I was. was going there I Was there a
0: sort of moment, a key moment, where you thought, "Oh, I am. I feel like I'm getting better," or was it a very gradual process?
1: Yeah, it was a very gradual process, and and one that I'm glad that I stuck out because so many people go in there for a couple of weeks, three weeks, or or whatever, and they get on some medication and then they they send them home, but I think. The thing is, with me, the psychiatric consultant, see, I think he's, I believe anyway, personally, he's seen something in me, and he could tell that I really, really wanted to help myself, and he, he gave me the time that I needed to 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 leave. Basically, he he basically said to me, "You leave when you you think you're ready." So that was comforting, um, yeah, and
0: it took took the pressure off
1: because yeah, it did. I do
0: I know from just personal experience that. I think a lot of people feel pressured to get better as soon as they possibly can. Um, and their recovery must be instant, but just knowing that you can take your time and get in there properly, it just makes you feel a lot more better. And like you say, more comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I knew that if, if, if they're putting me on certain medication and it's not, it's not really helping that I can trial another, medication and, and and then and see how that one goes so it took it took four months really um and obviously I was clean off alcohol for, so I'd with, I've I'd gone through all the um withdrawal period and stuff and then yeah I've it took it took four months of being in there but I, I, I left there so um, how did Bridges of Hope come to you after 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 I left there I left there in February fe- February 2020 and I went to live with my mum at this point so she could look after me for, for however long and it was when I was at my mum's that I, I sat there and I, it wouldn't leave it wouldn't leave my head what I'd done and how it, it would have been a lot different if I'd have known that I was going there, and I would have been like, "Well, that was a bit, it was a bit silly. I could have put other people's lives at risk, and blah, blah blah." But it was knowing that I wasn't in control, and I was sober, and that it, it, was, it was that is scary, and i and I didn't want anybody else to go through it, and so I thought that I'll try, and, I'll try, I'll try and do something to help. So what all I could think of was. Um, I got this little poly wallet, uh, I made a message of hope on it, and made, put a bit of colour on it, and I attached it to a bridge. What was the message?
0: Was it sort of just generic, positive messages, or was it something more specific?
1: The, the very first one I put on was, place your hand on your heart, uh, can you feel it? That's called purpose. You're alive for a reason, pretty much, and to so, um, so very short but powerful words. But powerful, yeah. And 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 if it can take just off the slight, like I was obviously walking onto that bridge, numb. So if there's if, if another person's walking on their numb, and they just manage to just look at that from the side of their eye, and and it's a distraction. That distraction can be all it takes to and it's been proven now that it 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 can be all it takes to to pull someone out of that mindset and it has it it it, it has it's um i i didn't think i'd save a life i, did, I thought nah, I did, no no chance i'd save a life but lots of people used to come past me um when i started to do more i just carried on and carried on once i'd done that first one I carried on. I was doing like six on each side of the bridge, uh, and then to another bridge, then another. W- were bridge you doing different then. messages each time? I was. I was doing different messages each time. Yeah, and I was doing them all myself at that time with the with stencils and and stuff. So it took up a lot of time, but I, it was a passion that I, I felt I had to do. People was used to walk past me and talk to me and um, smile and and. Say it's happy, it makes them happy seeing the, them there when they walk past going to work and stuff like that. So it wasn't really all about suicide prevention. It was it was making people happy. Just the thought that someone someone's been there and experienced it and 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 has, and has wrote these messages. It means a lot to people. Right. And so, what have you?
0: Could you share any positive experiences of the impact of these um, messages?
1: Yeah, I've I, I've I've literally got because because um, obviously I saved them in an album. Uh, I've got like twenty messages directly off of of people that I've actually saved, or the family members of of people that 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 saved. For, for example, there's the, there was a like there's two fifteen year olds, so obviously their their parents got in touch with me. The one that stuck with me the most was a lad that was um he was sitting on the edge of a car park and he was i think he was going to go off there and he's seen a blue not blue sorry a a purple bright purple envelope and it was a plastic wallet what i used to put on i used to put my personalized personalized letter on the bridge and um and he's seen that out the corner of his eye so he was intrigued so he went down and I had to look what it was. And inside was my letter. So he took that letter, uh, he took it home and he got in touch with me on Facebook, um, showed me the letter in his hand and and he just sent me a long essay about how thankful he was. He's got he's got he has he's got five kids. Um it pulled him out of a moment of of the mindset that he was in. And he said his it, it scared it scared him like it scared me. So we we shared them them same feelings that we both both had, that it's it's really scary and we want to help.
0: Knowing that someone else has gone through the same that they have just connects them, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. The most upsetting one was a lad that went missing for, for five days. Wow. No one knew where he was. His parents was obviously really worried. And he turned up after five days, um, walked in his front door, fell in his mum's arms and he had my letter in his hand and said to his mom that there was there was something in the letter that stopped him from doing what he was going to do. And and he went home. So it was his parents who got in touch with me, uh, thanking me. And they wanted to meet me and thank me and said they owe me everything. And uh, I said, I said, you owe me nothing. Honestly, um, it's something that I have to. How does that make you feel, Rocco? It makes me feel like. it's 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 a strange one really because I don't I don't like compliments and no matter how many times people tell me I'm amazing and inspirational and stuff like that it's like I say thank you to, to them and stuff like that but it's still like I feel like I don't deserve to I don't deserve the thank yous and stuff it's just yeah, something it's, it's that, difficult for you to accept what they saying. yeah it's just something that I feel like I have to do and and that's it. My my passion, my drive, the persistence of, of of doing what I've done, even though they've been taken down or they've been ripped down or they've weathered. Because in the early days when I was doing them, they, they used to weather quite quick because I, I wasn't doing them very very well the, at all because mm. I didn't laminate them and it was just in poly wallets. <laughs> so, and um, there was there was there was weathered. So Rolls Royce doing them for me now, so they're a lot better quality. So, so I, I was going back and back. I've, I've, I've been to one certain bridge in Derby, um, that 20 times. And that's, that's, that's the persistency that it just takes me there. It's the passion. It's a really, really, really deep passion that I've got, that I have to do that. That's what took, that that's what took me to starting the Bridges of Hope group up on Facebook and I wanted it to just be a platform for people to come and maybe then to follow my journey my story was on there so people can relate either relate to it or they can be there um, because they've had experience themselves or so they can they use
0: that now. Facebook group as a sort of preventative measure to stop you know way before they even get to that point is to yeah. share their experiences and how they feel exactly, before, before they reach that crisis point
1: yeah and that's that's and that's where i'm trying to work around the most like now that that middle ground that 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 middle ground that when when you are starting to when you when you were young when you're younger mainly and you're starting to um show signs of um self harm and and just to be aware of uh, of of what they're doing and then that middle ground where they start to pick up addictions and and stuff and then that then from that middle ground until that until they end up at that place where I was, so it's, it's 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 trying to get that, it's trying to nip it in the bud in that in, in, during that middle ground. It's hard because everyone's got different experiences and and deal with it differently. But I think that's where that's where work needs to be done.
0: Yeah, rather to than help. reacting to the you know the traumatic horrific natural crisis for you. Yeah. It is to do it, yeah, prevent that from even getting to that crisis point. I agree. Um, yeah. So where where do you see Bridges of Hope or where would you like to see Bridges of Hope go to? Um, would you like to see it in other areas of the UK? Would you like to do it not just on bridges but in other places?
1: Yeah, I've got two councillors from Derby that are on my side and we're, and we're working through things to to try and do other things to to help people like i'm starting up a, a windows of hope campaign nice. so I'll, I'll be making messages um they'll be going into windows i've had i've had local businesses um in in the city center that that want them that want them in the windows oh so um,
0: so like shop windows is that what you mean
1: yeah they will be in shop windows right. um some restaurants uh, barbers there's, there's 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 lots lots of different lots of different um, businesses that have been in where, touch. where there's high footfall and a lot of people yeah. are going to see it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've I've got I've got leaflets. I've got like a thousand leaflets that um, purely digital have done for me, and I I, I use them and a, a story, my story, and and I deliver I hand deliver them now to people in the houses. Uh, I had a lot of feedback off that i want to I want to be able to go into being a motivational speaker and that involved um going to prisons, going to mental health hospitals into schools and just to just to give out my give out my story obviously with the schools it's got to be a bit different but because <laughs> it's kids but just to let just to let the kids know that it's okay to not be okay and it's important to talk. But but yeah, prisons, mental health hospitals, I want to, I want to be able to go and in, and into in them and give give a speech and 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 just tell them my story because my story is one of I've gone from one extreme to the to, to the other, where, where whereas now I'm I'm actually saving lives. And it's I I'm still saying it to this day, I'm, that I'm saving lives is i still can't believe it um it, it's it's crazy well it seems like you've just
0: been on this incredible journey and like you say from from one extreme to another i mean what what's stuck with me rocco is it's great to hear that you know people that have been through a similar experience have come to you to say thank you you, you know it was you that you really diverted my, my path the path that i was on Um, but what stuck with me is how it's impacted, not just the person, but all the people around them. So for example, their family members coming up to you or their, or what it feels like to be their friends or, you know, whoever it is, there's, it it affects so many people. So although you might have saved, you know, one to 20 lives, you've impacted many more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes I just, I just lie down, have a lie down on the bed and just try and process what I'm actually doing and, and what I've done and uh, and try and make myself feel proud and and stuff, but it it, it comes as more of like, I, I just felt like I, I needed to do it. And if I didn't, probably somebody else will, but then my friends and stuff are saying to me, well, they would probably wouldn't because they haven't already.
0: How are you now, then, Rocco may I ask, and, and do you feel that Bridges of Hope has, has helped your recovery?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, because I feel like going out and doing what I'm doing to help others helps me with my recovery. And even though I'm far in my recovery now and, and I'm doing really, really well, I am still in recovery and I, I probably will be for many years to come, but mm. I I've i am picking up tools along the way of uh, being out being able to deal with things. I, I got I've got two diagnoses of PTSD and EUPD. I'm currently um, going through um therapy for EUPD, which is emotional regular regulation pathway. Um so yeah, I'm I'm going through that and I, hopefully I'll do that finish that and then I want to have, have hopefully have an EMDR treatment which which it will be for the PTSD so but in myself I'm I'm feeling lots better I'm not having I'm not having any thoughts of doing anything I, I've, I've fully concentrated on, on 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 family trying to be a dad and stuff like that and and to be honest with you I'm finding out new things about myself and what i'm really like as a person um, what you, and
0: probably what you're capable of
1: and what i'm capable of yeah and i've, I've found i I've found who i am growing up growing up all that time um under the influence of alcohol it it ruined my life it it, it it ruined my relationships it it done so much so much bad and now because i'm two years abstinent it's like I'm just finding out new things all the time about me, myself, and what I'd, what I'd like to do, like, got into drawing and stuff like that. And it's just it's just really mad because it comes to the forefront of my mind, like, oh, I wouldn't have done this before. This is strange. And I, I suspect that Bridges of Hope has
0: had some influence in that. And I think it it seems like it's given you meaning or a sort of yeah. focus and has connected you with other people
1: yeah it does and and the amount of people that i i have reached out to and people that have reached out to me and the actual following that i've got now and the the amount of people that just constantly constantly just just come onto the group and just tell me um how how much of an inspiration and stuff i am how would you
0: signpost people you know if someone is struggling and and would like support around these issues i mean so what's your facebook um, group called and how can they get in touch and and find out more
1: so the facebook group's called bridges of hope it's got um on the actual photo it's got a picture of the of one of the bridges in derby lit up as a rainbow and and it's just got bridges of hope in white and on the actual group it's got if it's got a guide section which on there it's got all grounding techniques exercises it's got it's got all sorts of different things on there that can help people if if they're struggling they're basically there just to download and there's obviously there's there's, there's 3600 people on there now and there's always someone to help if it's not one of the admins, it's 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 one of the members or a lot of the members, and it really is like a family feel atmosphere on there. It's really, really the, the, all the time there. I've I've started the group over a year ago now, and I've never seen anyone pass any judgment whatsoever. It's really, really a, a good group, and and a lot of people come on there just to just to have a look and. There, there were people on there like, the, are family members of pers- of a person that's maybe struggling, and they just they just come on there to look and see if they can find any advice out to to give to them and stuff like that. They're, 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 there's people who have been on there a year and they've they've only just put their first thing on there. But it's it, but they've watched everything else and it's gave them hope and they've and then they found the the freedom to actually vent, which is really good. Yeah, that's, so,
0: that's,
1: that's amazing, Raka. Really good. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to use my experiences of what of what led me to to do, to do what I did on that bridge. And I can use and I can use that, that advice and that experience to help people. And and it, and it is so in that in that sense, I can't do much more.
0: I think. Your story and Bridges of Hope is, it is so inspirational and it's just an amazing story that I really think will resonate with a lot of people and will hopefully be, it can it could be the thing to, to divert them and to go seek help and to turn it around. So I'd like to thank you Rocco for sharing your story and, and speaking with me today. And also yeah. giving the information about your Facebook group and how people can access that support. Um, and yeah, th- and just thank you very much. And I-, I wish you all the best for bridges of hope and yourself in the future.
1: Yeah, no problem at all, Ben. And uh, fa- yeah, thank you for having me because it's it's always it's always nice to to come onto a platform like this. And hopefully, the more people uh, that um, my story gets to. Um, the more it may help. Uh, so, yeah, um, thank you very much for that opportunity.
0: Thank you, Rocco. Thank you for listening. If you are affected by anything you heard in this episode and would like support, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or by visiting www samaritans.org. Thank you.